You may have noticed that our monitors didn't shut off like they normally do when Mass begins. That's because I wanted you to see this is an icon. And an icon is the simplest way of understanding it. It's a holy painting. And it's something that's used uh, very frequently in uh, the Eastern churches, like the uh, Orthodox Church or the Eastern uh, Rite Catholics. And, but for us, too, as, as Roman Catholics, that I, I think the icons have a very important place in our prayer of inviting us to kind of contemplate uh, Jesus and Mary and all the saints. And this particular icon uh, was painted by Rublev back in the 15th century. So it's, it's quite an old icon. And it has two different names. One name, it's called the Hospitality of Abraham. Now, I know I got graduates here, and I'm always tempted when I got people that are just finished school to give them a test, but you're done with that, so I won't, I won't ask you any questions, all right? I'll let you off easy. But I, but I hope that when you hear of Abraham, that right away in your mind you think of the book of Genesis, chapter 18, and the story of Abraham and his wife, Sarah. And we're going to hear that passage July 17th at Mass that weekend. And you, you might recall that Abraham and Sarah had been called by God. They left their home of Ur and they journeyed to a whole new land. And God had made a covenant with Abraham that you will have descendants as, as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sands on the seashore. So they're pretty excited about that, but guess what? The years go by, and they have no children. And it goes on and on, and now they're quite elderly. And, but they still, they still trust in God. And then they have these visitors. Now, we know in reading chapter 18 that it's God in the appearance of these three men. But Abraham doesn't know that. He just sees three people that look, uh, like they could use some hospitality. And so he says, hey, come on in. And he says, sit down, rest, and, uh, and we'll, if, you, if it's all right, we'll, we'll like to do a meal for you. And, and Abraham, right away, he runs out. He, he makes sure that the, they kill a tender choice steer to have some good food. And then it's he hollers at Sarah, hey, he needs some flour, and, and, and Sarah whips up some rolls, some fresh-baked rolls. And so that's what we witness here is the scene of these three men at table with the meal that's been prepared for them. Now, it's kind of hard to see it, but in the top of the one on the left, there's a house that kind of represents Abraham's house or tent. In the middle is a tree, and that's the Terebinth of Marmor. Terebinth means oak, so that's an oak tree. On the far right, it's kind of hard to see, but there's an outline of a mountain. Mount Moriah is where Abraham lived. And after their meal, one of these figures says, a year from now, Sarah will have a son. And Sarah's listening. You know what she does? She starts laughing. She says, I'm old, my husband's old, <laughs> this ain't happening. Well, it happens. <laughs> and they name him Isaac, which means laughing boy, because of her laughing. 
And that begins the whole story of the descendants of Abraham and Sarah. And I think there's an important lesson here that there's something about when we show hospitality, when we take care of others, especially the strangers, people that we don't know, new life happens just as new life entered the life of Abraham and Sarah. Another way of expressing that can be found in the letter to Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality, for by that means some have entertained angels without knowing it. Now, you might be thinking, that's all very nice, but if this passage in Scripture doesn't come up into July, why do you have this image up here now? Can anybody take a wild guess on why this image is up here today? Trinity, exactly. And so it's, it's pretty clear, this was done back in the 15th century, but that when Rublev painted this, he was using the biblical account of the story of Abraham and I and Sarah, their hospitality to three strangers, as a way for us to have an understanding of the Holy Trinity. The Trinity is, is one of these great mysteries. How can there be three persons in one God? But I think studying this icon can help give us some insight. And so I'm going to invite you to take a close look at it. And do you see how all three of the figures, there's some blue? Blue in iconography is the color of divinity. It's a way of saying that all three of these figures are divine, are God. Now, if you look on the figure on the left, do you see how it's blue, but there's also gold? Well, gold is the symbol used for royalty. That's a sign that that's God the Father. Remember, Jesus taught us to say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Jesus refers often to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God the Father. So that's what that represents. And then in the middle figure, that you see there's blue, but the other color now is kind of a, it's meant to be a brown. Uh, that symbolizes earth and humanity. And that's Jesus. Jesus is fully human and fully divine. And we have that sense from uh, what he's wearing here. Do you see how the center figure is reaching his hands towards the cup? What do you think that cup stands for? Well, when you read the scriptures, it speaks in the Garden of Gethsemane, how Jesus prayed, Father, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. This is Jesus as fully human. He was not eager to suffer, but he wanted to do the Father's will. He wanted to give his life that we can be free. So that's what that cup represents. And then the tree behind him, that re represents the wood of the cross. Jesus' suffering and death, but the cross becomes for us also the sign of the resurrection, of the new life that Jesus has, and through him that all of us have reason to hope. And then the figure on the right is uh, the Holy Spirit. He's got the blue, and also you see some green. Green is the color of life. It's that new life we have in the Holy Spirit. Last Sunday we celebrated Pentecost, 
the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us. We passed out buttons filled with the Holy Spirit. If you didn't get one last week, we got a few back in the basket in the back of church. But the Holy Spirit is the one who, behind the Spirit is the mountain, and that mountain represents spiritual growth, ascending, okay? It's the Holy Spirit uh, that allows us to have the gifts that we need to grow in love of God and, and love of ourselves and one another, the great commandments. So this image, this icon, gives us a visual image of the three persons and if you see just the way that they're arranged, it's really meant to be a circle. And it's, that's the sense of the unity. The three persons, but the circle as a unity, one God. And so we see that in the, uh, this icon. The other thing, though, that I want to take this to another level is, do you see how they're gathered around the table, around the cup? What does that make you think of? Hint, over here, all right? Here we are at the altar of the Lord. The chalice is put there. We are gathered around it. That's our role as the faith community, that we are meant to be the image of the Holy Trinity. The Trinity is three persons in one. The Trinity is the expression of God's complete love, unconditional love. That's what our God is, is, our, is a community of love. That's who we're meant to be as a community of faith, to be loving and caring towards one another. Now, I'm going to take it one more level. In the book of Genesis, it describes the creation of humanity and how we are made in the image and likeness of God. Well, if you think about it, if human beings are made in the image and likeness of God, and God is a community of love, that's what we as human beings aspire to. That's our ultimate destiny, is to be uh, humanity, recognizing our connectedness to one another, and to recognize that what we do affects everyone around us. Now, clearly we're far from this ideal image, aren't we, as humanity? All you have to do is look at the war, the violence, all the many ways we tear each other apart. But still, that's our destiny. And this image of the Trinity, I hope, reminds us of it and helps us to aspire and to seek to achieve it. Now, we gather today with this Feast of the Holy Trinity that's a really good day for a baptism. Samuel looks completely oblivious to this. But someday, I hope you, Katie and Ryan, when he, you show him pictures of his baptism, you tell him he was baptized on the Feast of the Most Holy Trinity. And he was baptized, as we soon will see, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That is to be a reminder of our call to be a community of love when he gathers here in church and a special blessing for your family, too, to be a community of love in your home. And graduates, some of you may be staying close by uh, after your graduation. Some of you may be moving away. I hope wherever you are, 
that you find a community of faith. For those of you staying, I hope you'll find that community of faith right here at St. Michael, that you can be part of our desire to be a community uh, that helps each other to love God and love one another. But no matter where you go, look for a church, look for a place to belong that you can worship with others in the name of the Most Holy Trinity.